So we'll start recording on the Anchor app. We'll use that one and then we'll use this microphone that's attached here to Audacity. And we're recording that as well. I can play with the trim later. So welcome to the first podcast ever that I've done. I know this is your first podcast ever. Uh, And it took some time to, to put this thing together because really couldn't, for me, one... I wasn't making enough time to, to slot this thing. And then two, I think the idea itself was kind of evolving and, and kind of going in a lot of different directions. So ultimately trying to identify a place to start. And I think one of those places that we start is, uh, you know, general health and, and how you can get it. But uh, did we, did I say the name of the podcast? No, it's your life. It's, it's your health. Uh, we're still playing around with the title, but uh, if there's anybody that has a, a better idea of, of how that we can how how to phrase this or how to to name the podcast, we are certainly open to that. But this is about your health and and the information, the very simplest information that you can take uh, to make a better informed decision about your health, your children's health, your family's health, and, and so on. Uh, and so, with me uh, in this podcast, my name is Chris Bass, and with me we have my father, Doctor Barry Bass a retired surgeon of, of 37 years. And uh, I'm going to let him talk a little bit about kind of the motivation for this podcast, kind of the, the reason why we wanted to set something up like this and and what you can really expect um, into this podcast as well as the, uh, the upcoming episodes. That's you. Okay. Uh, the first thing that, that entered my mind and the main reason for doing this podcast is because I believe our current health system doesn't provide a, an adequate way for the general public to go find a doctor. How do you find a doctor? When do you need a doctor? Which one do I need? Is, it on, is he or she on my plan? I just don't think there's a good system or a good process for that. So this podcast was initially designed to address that and then some of the medical issues that we face on an everyday basis without getting into a lot of um, uh, chemistry and specifics and all that. Into the weeds that can confuse people. Yes, yes. This is still very high level. And, um, you know, I think, too, it's, you know, e- people easily can go to Google and pull up, you know, whatever physician their friend recommended that I like this person. So I may like this person. That's a lot of how people are framing how they go visit a physician. Or how they go visit a doctor. Um, but I think there's a gap in how do I know that I need to go? Um, and what kind of things to maybe pay attention to that this is more serious or not as serious as I'm making it out to be. Or what Google makes it out to be. Because that's the other aspect too. Is people think that I can just Google my problem. And I read more about it on WebMD and I can diagnose myself. Uh, I saw that all the time. And I always ask them, what did Dr. Google say? Or what did Dr. Mm-hmm. WebMD say? And so the more I started thinking about this, uh, a question that came up even before this was, why do I even need a doctor? I thought, well, maybe it's a good question. If you're 25 years old and you're healthy, and your family's healthy, why do you need a doctor? Well, you need a bank to put your money in for protection and security. You buy car insurance for protection and security. And the reason you need a doctor is to protect your most valuable asset, which is your health. And that most valuable asset is usually ignored. 
not paid enough attention to and minimally invested by most of the general public. And for those reasons, at some point, your most valuable asset gets into trouble for one reason or another. Illness, bad habits, lifestyle, whatever. And at that point, you need, you'll need a physician. So then the question becomes, how do I find one? Where do I go? What kind do I need? You know? And I, I think, I think the, the questions you, you have to address is, uh, first of all, in looking for a doctor, where are they? Are they available? Are they close to you? Um, we may see in the very near future that you can access your doctor on your computer. And that gets really close to you because that's in your home, although your doctor's not there. Mm -hmm. But that's, I think that's one of the first questions is, are they available? Are they close? And can you get a hold of them? That's the first question. Um, the next question I think that usually pops in people's minds, and, and this should be a big question, is what's their ability? How, how, do you, how do you know that this is going to be the doctor that you're going to go to? So you got to say, how do I, how do I investigate their ability? Well, you can go online, you can go on to, for example, in Texas, you can go to the Texas medical board and you can pull up a physician, look at their credentials. Where did they train? Did they do a residency? Uh, did they go on to take their board examination, which, which is another topic we can talk about a little later. Mm -hmm. uh, and then where have they been practicing? Have they moved from state to state to state for one reason or another, or have they been in practice? 10 years in the same location. Uh, those are the questions you can find out on Texas Medical Board. And once you've established that, then the, the other excellent source usually are your family, your friends, your neighbors. Hey, I'm thinking about going to see Dr. Smith. Have you seen him or her? You know, oh, we have? What do you think? You know, and you can get people's opinion. Word of mouth is still probably the most reliable source for finding your family doctor or your internist, somebody like that, or your general practitioner. Mm -hmm. uh, and then in terms of ability, maybe even before that, the big other question that people need to ask is, do you like your doctor? Are they likable? You know, if you don't like your doctor, you're not going to see them most of the time, most of the time. Um, do they have a reasonable personality? Did they listen to you when you went to see them? Did they ask you questions? Did they seem impatient? Uh, did they portray that you were the most important person in the room at that time uh, with them directing their attention to you? Those are the questions. Mm -hmm. uh, then you've got a, the other reason that I think people overlook this, this next issue is that they haven't had to access the healthcare system. And so when you go to access the healthcare system and you, and you do this through your doctor, your physician, they become your advocate. They become how you access the system. They become the person that can direct you through the system. They are the advocate that obtains the data that that system generates for them to help you with your healthcare issue. They order the x-rays, they order the lab tests, they track all those down, they report back to you. 
So when you're looking for a physician, you also are looking for an advocate that's going to represent you if you ever need to access the healthcare system. And that is extremely important in this day and time, especially when you're dealing with the large health plans. Because large health plans say that they're not practicing medicine when you order particular tests, particular x-rays, that kind of thing. But in actuality, they really are because they are the ones that will either, will either give permission or deny you access to whatever is being requested at that time. So in reality, they, they really are practicing. They just say they're not but for legal reasons. What do you mean by the, they're practicing? Like, they're telling you you can't have that lab test. They're telling you you can't have that x-ray. And the way they do it uh, indirectly is they're telling you, we will not authorize that x-ray. Excuse me. We will not authorize payment for that x-ray. We will not authorize payment for that genetic lab test, even though your family history has, even though your family has a strong family history of, say, cancer or heart disease, whatever. Which would warrant getting the scan or yes. test done. So your physician has made the medical decision that this is something that we need to know. And then your insurance company can potentially say, well, we're not going to authorize payment for that. So they're not, they're not actually denying that you can't get that lab test or that x-ray, but they're not going to pay for it. And it may be that it's going to be difficult or a hardship for that person to pay for it directly out of their pocket. So indirectly, they are practicing medicine. They're denying access. Mm -hmm. okay. They're saying it's not indicated. And your doctor saying this is indicated. So there's a conflict. And when that conflict occurs, your doctor is your advocate to resolve that conflict on your behalf. So we're almost kind of like painting this journey into the system, like painting this patient journey uh, and how to best navigate it. I mean, that's kind of one of the motivators for you know, the podcast. And there's a lot that people will be able to take away from this one in all you know subsequent episodes because we can certainly dive into all the various scenarios and things that come with you know navigating the healthcare system the biggest thing of which you just mentioned is the payment and my wife and her experiencing that whenever she got her her uh, septum surgery done and six months later she gets a bill for anesthesia well the only problem was is there was a data discrepancy or information discrepancy on her address that's why somehow it never got to her but she never got a phone call from anybody about it. It's just kind of moved through the process. And then somebody like herself, you know, that isn't very uh, knowledgeable about the healthcare system gets the bill and starts to freak the hell out and gets super, super pissed off because this is somebody else's fault. And it just, it's, it's an inconvenience uh, to the person, but there are certain ways to, uh, to mitigate that or take steps to try to mitigate that and avoid that. Um, so that's, one of many motivations and, and reasons that we came up with this podcast. Uh, I, for one, wanted to create a platform for my father that allowed him the ability to communicate with people at large. Uh, to me, there is a lot of uh, valuable knowledge, not only that he possesses, but also other physicians that have uh, entered retirement over the last years that you know still have a lot to contribute. And so... That may be another portion of this podcast is we bring in other physicians from around the country or here locally in Fort Worth uh, that may have things to add and may add may have something to contribute to the value of this podcast. But more importantly, it's the focus is about the patient and helping them understand the nuances that exist in the healthcare system, the nuances that exist in this retailized 
healthcare industry and how that sort of preference for medicine is actually doing more harm than good. And, and some, some new things that have developed probably over the last five to 10 years is the way, the way you can access your physician. We mentioned telehealth through the computer, but there also is a new, new type of practice out there, if you will, called consignor medicine. And some people have really gravitated towards that because in that, in that situation, your physician in a continuer practice charges an access fee to access them, and it's usually 24 hours, seven days a week. And you get access to them through their private cell number. And many things they can handle over the phone for you. And they can save you a lot of time and a lot of headaches by, by looking into a continuer practice. Um, they, they will also usually bill your insurance for any office visits and many times the monthly fee for their continuer practice will help cover your out-of-pocket deductible, which is a big advantage to a lot of people. Um, the other thing people need to look at is they need to look at their plan when they sign up for a plan. Usually what most people look at is the bottom line, how much is it? Mm -hmm. But they also need to look at not only how much is it, but what do I get for that price? And what are my out-of-pocket expenses? And what are my deductibles? And what are my co-pays? And if they don't understand it, they need to take the time at that point to find those answers. Because if they wait till the other on the other end when they need that insurance, then they're gonna they're gonna run into some unpleasant surprises of deductibles, of co-pays, of who they can go to. Mm -hmm. They need to look at the network of not only physicians, but hospitals that are in the plan, uh, laboratories that are in the plan, uh, freestanding x-ray centers that may be in the plan or out of the plan, because all those items can get pretty expensive. So that's another thing besides looking for their doctor, they need to look what plans their doctors are in and, and make sure they're included in that plan. So then it's what to do while they're in the system when they get their insurance, um to read the fine details of that. Um, if their physician does fit that plan, if they're in network, as they say, or out of network as or the other term, and then, um, you know, what can they do before that? You know, uh, yes, they've made, they've made some bad decisions and have lived some unhealthy lifestyle up to a certain point, you know, so aside from before we go into the system, what can we, or what other things can be done uh, to, I guess, mitigate some of that damage before we get to the point that I do need to go see a physician. Cause to me, it's both the, to me, that's the, 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 um, it's again, another motivator or at least the approach to this is that there's things that I think people can do before they enter in the healthcare system within reason. Of course, you can't just like starve your way to, uh, losing weight. I mean, that's, that's severely unhealthy. Um, you know, if you, I don't know, you could pull up any other example, but to me, there's, there's more self-regulation that people can do to ensure that their exposure to the system is minimal. Uh, and many of those have been, uh, addressed and looked at over and over and over, over the years. And there's a plethora of, of information on the internet about some of the basic things they can look at. Number one, what they eat their diet, what they eat. Uh, number two, what's their activity? Are they sedentary all the time? You know, do they, I hate to use the E word, but do they 
exercise some degree? Do they just get up and walk? It is incredibly difficult to convince people to just go a little, do a little bit of exercise. I mean, it is amazing how hard that is to get people to do. But that's the second thing they can do. The third thing is, and they'll maybe be surprised by this, maybe not, is they need to get enough sleep. Most people in this country cheat themselves from an adequate amount of sleep per night. And they're now finding, in a recent uh, article on sleep, that the number one cause of auto accidents may not be alcohol or texting. It may be from what's called microsleep, where a person falls asleep at the wheel. As a matter of fact, that just happened this past weekend in DFW. A gentleman fell asleep at the wheel and ran into a police officer parked on the side of the highway trying to help somebody. And it was all on video. They caught it all on video. And they, they said, what happened? He said, I fell asleep. And that's called microsleep. So, yeah, you need to get enough sleep. That's another topic we can talk about. But those are the simple things. What you eat, what's your level of activity, and how much sleep do you get at night? The other things we can talk about is, you know, don't smoke. Everybody knows that. Don't smoke. People still do. Second thing is alcohol with moderation. You know, be careful with that. Uh, third thing is, you know, d don't use recreational drugs. I mean, that's, that's just a, that's bad news. Uh, so those, those are some of the everyday things that can keep people, uh, like you say, from having to access the healthcare system. There's still, I think, you know, some, to some degree, it's, uh, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. I mean, there's definitely going to be people that, uh, are gonna, you know, drink and smoke till they're, <laughs> until, you know, their last breath. Um, but I think, you know, we're coming up to 20 minutes here. So I'm really kind of impressed how long we've gone, but I know we've hit on a lot of different topics or things that we will talk about in the podcast and how we schedule that is, is to be determined. Um, we'll definitely provide, uh, like an email address where people can send in questions so that can help drive some of the content in, in our podcast. But I think the other piece or other huge motivator in my opinion is the fact that you three years ago this month had a heart attack or cardiac event as you uh, as, as it was defined then and um, you know when it, when somebody in the medical field experiences uh, that sort of traumatic event it really I think and I could let you take the to lead here but you know really kind of opens your eyes to a lot of things you might have missed I don't I don't know how would you speak to that um, th there's a lot of, there are a lot of things that can impact uh, your health that you really don't have any initial control over. One is genetics, and unfortunately that was a big factor in our family is genetics. And that's another thing that people need to know about. What, what's, what's your family's genetic background? What are your risks? Because I think that one of the keys that, that I haven't mentioned is to try to keep from accessing the health care system, the, the term prevention comes into play. What can I do to prevent these things from happening? What can I do to prevent from having to access the healthcare system? You know, and that's where you sit down with your family doctor or your internist and say, you know, when they, when they take a family history, you go through that and you give them the details because if there are red flags in that family history, then you can say, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. We, we need to go back and look at this. We need to pay attention to this. Um, and, and sometimes you see the experts and they tell you these things, but then they just don't say, 
Now, take this step, this step, this step, and this step. So you have to do those things well in advance. Pre prevention's hard to do the day before. <laughs> really hard. Yeah. Um, and so we're on like 20 minutes and, you know, like 15 seconds. So this, the, the, this first one I think is going to be short because it's I think kind of laying the, the groundwork and the foundation for how the, the next episodes will go. Um, but at the same time, we, uh, I think would welcome an opportunity to collaborate with other physicians and, and anybody that listens to this, uh, for some ideas on where they would, uh, or at least some topics that they may be interested in. So I know obviously we're in a pandemic and the, and the COVID thing is, is still of interest, you know, bottom line, wear a mask, wash your hands. This is, this is very simple. You know, if you're at risk, stay home. Um, just, just be smart about it, but also be kind to people, you know, how you think people should live their lives may not be how somebody else thinks that they should live their own life or how they think that you should live yours. Um, so I think this uh, is going to be fun. Uh, I've never done this. I've listened to a lot of podcasts. Uh, I know you listen to a lot of podcasts, but um, before we, I guess, sign it off for the, here in just over 20 minutes, you, do you want to add anything? Get a good night's sleep. Get a good night's sleep. Well, there you go, guys. Thank you for joining us today. We'll uh, catch you again next week. Again, my name is Chris, and uh, together we are the It's Your Life podcast. Thanks.